Hello and welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshaw.net, a weekly podcast that discusses the Irish primary education system. In a week where the entire media fixated on a story where one school was asked to divest from a religious patron to a non-religious one, I'll be arguing that we need to scrap the patronage system. I'm going to examine the confusion and misinformation from around Malahide, and I'll be pondering what does having an ethos actually adds to a school. But before all that, here is this week's news. There are some weeks in the year that education takes centre stage in the national media and this was one of them. Uh, parents in schools around Malahide, Port Marnock and Concealy kind of area went along to information meetings with a view to voting on whether their school should divest away from the Catholic Church. I'm going to be going into depth in the main part of this podcast about this story so if you want you can fast forward um, that is, if people can fast forward podcasts, I'm, I'm really out of touch. Um, but anyway, you can fast forward to the main bit to, to get the full lowdown on the plans to cancel Christmas and to let, and to call grandparents. Um, I'm not going to talk about it in the news um, because pretty much most of the episodes. So we'll change the story on a similar-ish theme. Um, is uh, this uh, year uh, is the fourth annual INTO LGBT plus group. Um, They have an annual competition called Different Families, Same Love, a wonderful competition where schools are invited to design a project based on the theme of Different Families, Same Love. Um, Now in its fourth year, um, I'm just wondering whether we'll see a change in the trend of winners given that we're all more inclusive these days. Every year so far the winners have overwhelmingly come from Educate Together schools and for me it simply highlights what we'll be talking about later in the podcast. 75% of winners in this competition come from the same patron body that represents less than 4% of schools. It doesn't seem like a bit of a coincidence to me that that's the case when we talk about the I suppose, influence that a patron body would have on the day-to-day workings of a school and what they can and cannot do. The uh, INTO, uh, one of the best things they did was create this LGBT plus group. But speaking of them, uh, they are in a bit of a bad mood this week because the Minister for Education left them out of a consultation on challenging behaviour. The union released a statement which read, The exclusion of representatives from the Irish National Teachers Organisation suggests the department isn't interested in the experiences of our members, primary school teachers, and omits an important voice. Now, to be honest, with you, I have very little sympathy uh, for the INTO. The INTO are slowly becoming an irrelevant voice in the uh, in the direction of education. To be honest with you, they've actually failed to achieve uh, so much in the last decade. I can list them: pay equality for graduates. Almost eight years has gone by. They have failed to do that. They've failed to even start the discussion on benchmarking for principals, which is now over a decade old in its promise. They have even played along with Jobbridge and Drihid and pretty much any other initiative, SSE, thrown at schools without a murmur of dissent. They really, really need to start talking to their members before they deserve to talk for them. As one commenter said when I posed the question as to why they weren't asked, This commenter said, maybe because the INTO are no longer the voice of the Irish primary teacher since they stopped listening to them a few years ago. The new head of the INTO is uh, John Boyle and he reproduced the usual pitch to the media this week in uh, one of the uh, national papers. Um, It's the same pitch uh, that his predecessor used to make. I could tell you what he demands in the article, but you already know. It's the same and it's been the same for many years. Yes, they even goes on about class size again. So I suppose hopefully maybe he'll rewrite the script uh, when he gets into the role full time. 
One consultation I've yet to hear uh, the INTO challenging about is actually a very serious one about teachers' use of social media. Uh, the Teaching Council, which is made up of far too many uh, union members in the first place, is going to be sending out guidelines to teachers about their own social media use, not during work hours, no, no. 24-7. And this is a story I've been watching since about 2013 when the Teaching Council pushed, published their Fitness to Teach rules and stated um, uh, that teachers are responsible to the council for their behaviours inside and outside of school. I remember this uh, being, being um, published by the Teaching Council and not a murmur from anybody. Now I'll definitely be covering this in a future episode as this gathers legs because it's going to gather legs. It's now likely that teachers may face disciplinary actions based on their online interactions from the Teaching Council. Um, I'm all for not being an asshole online, but this is not the remit of the Teaching Council. If a teacher breaks the law on the internet, it's up to the guardee to do uh, to do something about this. Let the guardian monitor it and let the school's board of management decide what to do after that. Look, you know, fine, if someone's breaking the law online, I'll be okay with the teaching council intervening um, in some ways, but they are getting involved in idiotic things such as giving out about someone's boss. I mean, that's 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 a local issue. Um, and I, to be honest with you, this has potentially become quite sinister. At the moment, it seems, oh, this is just preventative measures. It's only like for the extreme cases. But just wait for this to keep going and going and going. And all of a sudden, our, our online activities outside of our job is, uh, are, going to be, are, are going to be the remit of the Teaching Council. It's quite a worrying uh, development. Uh, as I said, I have a couple of years doing these podcasts, so uh, I'm uh, bound to look at this topic in more detail. Let's move on to something that's actually useful. Um, a useful story was in the Irish Times this week about the change in law in the public sector around single-use plastics. Very, very good idea. Um, we've got a lead um, in the public service if we're going to expect uh, the public to actually take part um, in trying to save their own planet. Uh, schools are going to be majorly affected by this, especially once they get school lunches in because they all come in individually wrapped uh, plastics uh, wrappers. But the article gave some examples of what some schools are actually doing, including my own. Um, my school was ably represented by one of my fantastic teachers who spoke about what we're doing in our school. But there are some other great examples in there too. And again, as I said before, the national media really, really should consider publishing more positive news stories like this um, about education more often. It's a really, really... It was really nice to see something positive in the papers about primary schools, especially for the week that was in it. And the final piece of news that I discovered uh, in the media about uh, primary schools that wasn't uh, about divestment uh, featured around last week. I told the story that the Minister for, Joe, uh, the Minister for Education, Joe McHugh, was going to head over to the Middle East to lure teachers back home. Um, and this week, the Department of Education have given details of their actual master plan to bring the, to bring the boys in green back home. I, I'm, I'm not kidding. They're actually going to send out recruitment agencies to market jobs in Ireland. That that's that's it. That's the that's the plan. Um, I don't know. Um, I have a better idea. Maybe Joe McHugh and the other teachers might lure themselves back to their classrooms to help with the teaching shortage. Maybe that would be a good way to start the ball rolling if they went back to the classrooms, and then maybe the people in the Middle East might do that. But of course, they won't do that due to you know pay inequality and all that other stuff. Anyway, that's uh, that's the news for this week. Thanks as always for the many comments, shares, likes from last week's podcast about NEPS. Uh, this podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify and any other podcasting app by searching for either onshaw.net or if I were the Minister for Education. I'd really appreciate you subscribing to the podcast so that each new episode will be available to you immediately after its release. We'd a range of comments during the week um, about the NCSE's plans to change the way they allocate resources. 
and nobody is optimistic this is going to work out well for children. Um, however, most of the comments related to the story that's the topic of this week's podcast, so we might as well dive straight in. If your house goes on fire and you need a fire engine, you probably know what to do. You call a particular number and the local fire station sends someone to help. However, imagine fire stations had different ways to put out fires using different chemicals. And imagine if you were allergic to over 90% of the chemicals that fire stations used. And imagine that only 4-5% to of them used a neutral chemical to put out these fires. It's quite likely that unless you lived in a, in a very urban area, you probably would have to skip past several fire stations before one that doesn't actually poison you or scar you in their attempts to save your life. So the likelihood is you just hold your nose and let the local fire station put out your fire and hope that you'll be okay after. And probably in the end you'll be grateful because your house is no longer on fire and the scars from the chemicals will generally heal at some point. Perhaps I should leave parables to religious bodies, but I, I hope you get where my point is going here. What I really don't believe is that we should leave um, patronage to religious bodies. In this episode, I'll be arguing that if I were the Minister for Education, I'd be scrapping the patronage system. Well, dear Gwich, and uh, that might come to a surprise to you if you believed the Malahide Gwale School that claimed if they are vested. Um, that saying hello in Irish will be banned. Yes, it's been an unbelievable week in the education sector where scaremongering, confusion and misinformation ruled the headlines. Between Grandparents' Day, Summer Fets and even Christmas, a number of Catholic schools made fools of themselves in their nimbyism-led uh, trying to convince their communities that these things and more would be lost if they divested to the Educate Together model or the CNS model. And rather than simply taking the mickey out of these schools, and don't you worry, I will at every opportunity, I will be delving into as much of the misinformation that the schools in the Malahide area put out to their communities. I've been working in the Educate Together system for almost 15 years, so almost nothing that was said actually shocked me. I've heard most of it before. In fact, I've heard more. And so with that in mind, I'm going to go through some of the top myths I've heard about multi-denominational and secular schools that I've heard in my time in this episode. I also want to explore what would actually happen in Ireland if we scrapped the patronage system tomorrow and what would actually replace it. However, before that, how is it that, for whatever reason, pluralism and patronage are seen as a good idea? I'm not going to go through the history of, um, of why we are where we are in that over 97% of schools um, are now run by a religious body. You can tune into episode one where I go through that in loads of detail. Um, and um, But most people probably don't know if you haven't heard uh, that episode that actually primary schools in Ireland were supposed to be non-denominational. In 1831, a very famous Stanley letter uh, was produced uh, which basically suggested and recommended that all primary schools, all schools would be non-denominational in structure. If we fast forward 180 years, um, we have we reproduced the pluralism and patronage model with a view, and this is the view that seems to be the uh, overriding message. And if you hear people, they will say that everybody needs to have choice. Choice is king. You have to have choice when it comes to ed uh, to education. I don't agree with that, and that will be the basis of my argument. 
I certainly don't have a choice in the fire station, the, co- the fire engine that comes to my house to put out my fire. I certainly don't have a choice uh, of the Garda that comes to solve the crime in my house. I don't have choice in any other public sector model. I don't see why education should be any different. I, I was listening oh, a good good while back to a debate on the radio about the Angelus. This, this debate comes up oh, where every time they're a little bit bored uh, in the media. And it usually goes along uh, the lines about somebody suggesting RTE should get rid of it from the TV and then and lots of people are spending their money texting about why it shouldn't. That's basically how it works. It must be a way of getting money income in from um, people texting into radio stations. Um, and RTE uh, basically decided a while back that in some effort to be more inclusive to other religions to make their imagery more multicultural. Now, I'm struggling to think of the logic of playing a Catholic call to prayer on the airwaves while simultaneously trying to be inclusive to everyone. But during the debate, the main arguments that seemed to come up that if RTE were going to play the Angelus, they should also play calls to prayers for other religions in order to, you know, give uh, to be more inclusive. But the other argument was that the Angelus is part of Irish culture and should remain in place, usually followed by some general xenophobic statement telling people to go back to their own country if they don't like our rules, whatever our rules happen to be. But from my point of view, I actually don't have a particular problem with RTE playing the Angelus. The reason for this is because I have a choice to switch to hundreds of other channels that exist, um, or not to watch the television at all at that time. The Angelus doesn't particularly offend me because it doesn't affect me and it's not forced upon me. I do not have to be watching TV at 5.59 or is it 6 o'clock? I don't even know what time it's on. That I think it's 6 o'clock, isn't it? Because the 6.01 news is on. Anyway, the notion of having uh, a version of the Angelus for every re- for religion on, on RTE is also just totally ridiculous because the television wouldn't stop ringing for different types of bells trying to keep every culture or faith included. Um, and it's almost the same story pretty much with our education system. It's actually impossible to create an education system that provides faith formation or religious instruction to every belief system. Yet this is exactly what the current policy of the Irish government is trying to do. Theoretically, the government wants to give a choice to all parents to send their children to any school that offers faith formation in their chosen belief system, as well as a school that offers no faith formation or one that provides faith formation for part of the school year. And if one looks at the typical setup that provides this choice, you know, you might have a town with several Catholic schools, a Church of Ireland school, an Educate Together school, and a Community National school. Let's say you have that theoretical um, town. It's it's probably not probably more common now. And let's say there are exactly the right number of children in the town to fit for these particular models. There's enough, uh, exactly the right number of Catholics, Church of Ireland people, and then everybody else. Um, therefore, you're going to have Catholic schools just full of Catholic children, Church of Ireland schools full of Church of Ireland children, and the rest of the children will have to decide between the Educate Together or the Community National School. And it's clear like a system like this segregates children by faith. I mean, it's not actually even a good idea. And it doesn't lead to a pluralistic society because we are actually trying to create a pluralistic society, not a pluralistic education system. A pluralistic education system does not mean you get a pluralistic society because the children in the faith-based schools never get to meet or socialise or learn about their counterparts because they're not in the same school as them. And clearly this is a big problem for pluralism in education and it actually goes against its aims. Now while one can switch the TV off or change channels when the Angelus is on, the same can't be said for going to primary schools in Ireland. You pretty much have to go to a, uh, to, to a school within driving distance at least. Um, so this leads me to the first myth one often hears about Educate Together schools or CNS schools. And it is, if you don't like Catholic schools, why don't you just go to an Educate Together school? Sure, there's plenty of them. Now, the actual facts here um, are that there aren't. Do you know, there's just around 3,200 3, 3, schools in Ireland. Less than, less than 3% of them 
are educated together schools. And the vast majority of educated together schools are in Dublin. There are several counties in Ireland that have no educated together school and several more that only have one. You can't just go to your local educate together school if you don't like the Catholic school. Um, they're usually either they're usually oversubscribed, they um, and if they're even if they're not oversubscribed, you may have to travel hour, uh, over an hour to get to your nearest one, or over half an hour to get to your nearest one, or you know you you have to skip by several schools. Roughly ninety six percent of Irish primary schools are denominational in patronage. Denominational schools do not give equal respect throughout the school day to pupils not of that faith as a minimum of 30 minutes is spent on faith formation and therefore the child must either take part in this 30 minutes against his or her or her belief system or opt out for this part of the day and that could be anything up to 25% of the school day therefore the mathematics have to assume that a denominational school can't 100% provide for a child outside of this denomination and therefore it has to be said that a child with the same faith as the denomination of the school has an advantage Multi-denominational schools actually don't have this problem because they actually can ensure 100% equality to all of its pupils. And a quick example is a make-believe village in Ireland. Is So I, this, does, this village definitely doesn't exist. Um, but let's say we have a, a village where it has two schools, a Jewish school and an ETB school, a CNS. Now, because the CNS is multi-denominational, it gives everybody equal, equal respect. That is, you know, full participation during the school day. So no one is excluded during that day. But because the Jewish school is denominational, it can actually only give Jewish children full respect during the school day because while they're giving their Jewish faith formation, um, they um, while they're giving the Jewish faith formation, anyone who isn't Jewish either has to opt out and not take part in it, so therefore be left out of that part, or take part in something that isn't within their beliefs. So there is not that is not respecting their beliefs. So given the system, um, and that's basically because, and then even worse than that, given that the system we have in Ireland, ethos permeates throughout the school day, that's in Rule 68 of the of the Education Act, that ethos permeates throughout the school day, it gets even worse. It's not just during this discrete faith formation time, because if it was just that, you could argue that Catholic, that Catholic schools, Church of Ireland schools, Jewish schools, Muslim schools could just do their faith formation at the very, at the very start of the day or at the very end of the day, and therefore non, um, you know, non-believers in that faith would, um, would just uh, not show up uh, until that was over or collect their children early but anyway that's uh that we've gone through that in episode one i decided um uh, about a year ago to create a mathematical formula to find out what's the mathematics what's the actual probability for families getting get to get uh, to get equal respect and a hundred percent inclusion um in 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 their in their town in their in their area and the formula kind of um it's it's, it's not the most complicated one basically it's um uh, the number of schools that one has equal chance of enrolling, the number of schools where you have where one has an advantage over over a different faith. So the equal chance of enrolling are either educate together or community national school because uh, basically you don't. Um, when I say enrolling, I mean sorry, equal respect. It used to be enrolling. The baptism barrier is gone. But anyway, that's uh, equal chance of enrol- uh, of of respect. So that's uh, CNS or an educate together school. So you have equal rights or equal access and equal respect. So that's those schools and then all the other schools so denominational schools there is an advantage to being that denomination okay you divide that you add those two up you divide that to the total number of schools and uh, multiply that by 100 and that gives you your choice percentage where 100% means that the family will be able to choose from any school available where their child will be equally respected throughout the school day 0% means there is no school available for families where their child will be equally respected through the school day that's very very important um, so ideally, 
um, if you uh, ideally you you would uh, hope you would have 100% equal respect in all schools in Ireland. But you'll actually find as we go through this little little segment here that nobody actually gets 100% respect, not even the people who are in the vast majority. Um, when I talk about equal respect, I'm using it in terms of faith. It doesn't mean that denominational schools aren't kind. They're not. I'm not saying they're not kind or in any way unwelcoming to children of other faiths and none. In fact, they allow. They, there is nothing to stop children of different belief systems enrolling in um, in most denominational schools. But they simply can't respect the faith of these children, as these children cannot be fully included in the faith formation provided by the school, which permeates throughout the school day. So if we looked at that above example of the two of the village with the two schools, a Jewish family would actually have a score of 100%. It's uh, there's two schools, so there's uh, equal access and um, and then non-equal access or uh, respect, equal respect and non-equal respect, which is two divided by two multiplied by 100. So that would give you 100% if you were a Jewish family in that make-believe village. Any other family would get a choice score of 50% because the Jewish school, they don't have equal respect plus the one school where they would divide that by two multiplied by 100, you've got 50%. So if you're Jewish in this village, you're guaranteed uh, equal respect in the school where your rights will be 100% respected. If you're not, you get a 50% chance. Make sense? So we're going to look at some real areas of Ireland. I'm just going to pick two examples, Dublin 6 and County Leitrim. And I'm going to pick four different families, okay, just to give an, an idea. Now, I won't go through all the mathematics uh, uh, of it, but you got the formula there. And I have it on onshaw.net um, in, uh, in, in this episode. Uh, so you can have a look at it there because I know it's kind of, um, I suppose it's difficult to follow mathematical formula in a, in a podcast. But um, family A are going to be a Catholic family. Family B are a Church of Ireland family. Family C are a Jewish family. And family D are uh, a family with no faith. So they're an atheist family, let's say. So we're going to pick Dublin 6 first. Now, if you look at the government, uh, the Department of Education website, you can actually find out what how many schools are in each area and what is their um, ethos. In Dublin 6 in 2018, there were 14 primary schools in Dublin 6. Eight were Catholic, three are Church of Ireland, one is Jewish, one is Methodist, and one is multi-denominational. Okay? In terms of accessing these schools, we have to look the, uh, at the mathematics. So Family A, the Catholic school, they have an equal chance of getting into the multi-denominational school. And in eight of the schools, they have an advantage over other children of different faiths or none because they'll be equally respected in those. And in three of these schools, they are at a disadvantage. Okay, so they're, um, they're, they're, they have a 64.5% chance of being equally uh, respected by going to school. That's not that high, and that's the Catholic family. If you look at the Church of Ireland family, they've only got a 28.5% chance of being equally respected. The Jewish family have a 14.5% chance of being, um, of being equally respected, and it's very, very high because it's the only as, uh, place in Ireland where there is a Jewish school. And if family D, the family with no faith, have a 7% chance of being equally respected. So you can see the mathematics. Even the Catholic family, who there's 90% of schools are Catholic, but in Dublin 6, they only have 64.5% chance of being equally respected throughout the school day. If we go to County Leitrim, um, it's a different story, but in, um, you've got it. But basically, you, at best, if you're a Catholic, you have a two and three chance of, of getting into a school that completely respects your religious values. Uh, that was much lower than I actually expected before I did this. Um, but uh, that is how it is. It's a more favorable position, obviously, uh, having a two and three chance because a family with no religion has a 7% chance of getting into a school that completely respects your values. I kind of think I'd rather be the Catholic in that case. But if we go back, sorry, going to the County of Leitrim, what do we find in the whole County of Leitrim? There's 39 primary schools here. 36 of them are Catholic and three of them are Church of Ireland. That's it. 
they, they are the choices if you live in County Leitrim. So our Catholic schools have a 92.3% chance of being equally respected throughout the school day. Still not 100%, but over 90%, which is the representation. The Church of Ireland um, school, they have a 7.7% chance of being equally respected. The Jewish family have no 0% and the family who are atheists have a 0% chance. So, I mean, would you like to live in County Leitrim? This situation puts two of our families in really difficult situations. They either have to take a place in the school that provides faith formation and religion they don't belong to or that they don't, uh, or they don't go to school. I mean, I wonder, is that actually fair? While the Church of Ireland family do have a few options, if three, it's very likely that it will not be their local school. And meanwhile, the Catholic family here is in a very lucky position that they don't actually have to think very much. And in some ways, I think the main problem is that they don't have to think. In these examples, we can see that even Catholic families still aren't guaranteed 100% inclusion in any area of Ireland. Um, however, none of this should be happening at all. I think the idea, the concept of choice in education is bunk. There are over a hundred belief systems in Ireland already and we can't build schools to cater for all of them. And why would we? Therefore, we need to flip things around and create a schooling system where all schools could and should cater equally for everyone in their communities. The government are trying to help by divesting gradually, but even they have seen how difficult this is from the madness that's been happening uh, over the last number of years. Divestment has been worse than snail's pace. And it was really highlighted this uh, during the week. We're going to focus on this for a little while and try and see why a group of people who overwhelmingly generally reject church teaching on abortion rights and marriage equality are defending the right for their child to be indoctrinated in that faith in their local school. Almost every article that I read from a parent is started with, I don't have much time for religion, but... And this is again, going back to that sentence, not thinking. In episode one, we looked at the term, the hyphenated Catholic, the Catholic that basically has no time for Catholicism except for the rites of passage, such as communion and confirmation and things like that. And during these times, they will allow their little girls to dress up as brides, they'll allow them to submit themselves, and they will use the word submit themselves to Catholic rules, and in the build-up, they'll allow their little children to sit up on an altar and confess sins. I mean, what is going on here? Confess sins to a priest. Um, not that the priest has anything to do uh, is the bad part of it. It's actually trying to, telling a child to go up there and, and you know, tell 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 some guy um, that, uh, and, and, uh, that, that, that they've sinned. I mean, what is that about? And then completely separate this from things they're totally disgusted by, like in the, uh, in the control. The child abuse, the forced adoption of children, the Magdalene laundries, the general inequality of women, the buried babies, the control of hospitals. And even if they think at least the nuns kept them clean, there was no MRSA in those days. Yeah, they will. They still will march if they have an inkling that a hospital is run by the Catholic Church. But when it comes to schools, they seem to be able to separate that. And I have no idea how they do that, but it just comes down to me thinking that it's all about not thinking, if that makes sense. But the thing is, they do. They do defend it. And even more so, as we saw this week, they will do anything to keep the schools under church control. So much so that even the Catholic Church themselves couldn't stand over the lies they were telling in order to prevent one of them divesting. As I'm recording this podcast, the Archdiocese has written to actually postpone the vote they were going to have due, and this is their own words, the confusion and misinformation being spread. They are actually even saying that they are lying. However, 
Where is this fear coming from? And what sort of myths are being spread about non-church run schools? I don't think these people are stupid. I, I really don't. I mean, I honestly think that they, ha- they, they are scared of what would happen if the church didn't run schools. You know, and so I want to, I thought it might be useful to look through all the myths that happened this week and then look through some of the myths that I've heard in the 15 years I've been working in Educate Together. So let's let's go through them. I have about 20 of them. So let's let's speed through them. Not uh, basically. So we don't celebrate Christmas, Easter, Paddy's Day or any of those other festivals. It's about 99 percent of a lie. I won't say it's an 100 percent lie. Celebrate is just is, is the is the is the interesting word. OK, because Catholic schools celebrate these festivals in a religious way. They aren't actually concerned about presents and Santa and tinsels or chocolate eggs or uh, wearing green or whatever it is. They're actually interested in the Jesus aspect and the Christianity aspect. They're interested in celebrating the birth of Jesus. They're interested in how St. Patrick spread the uh, Christianity. They're interested in how Jesus was killed uh, by crucifixion and so on. They're not really interested in the good stuff, the cel- I suppose what, what secular people, I suppose, would consider celebration. I can imagine if you ask most children about uh, what, what's their favorite thing about christmas it's very unlikely that it would be about jesus it would be very very likely to be about presents and things like that so celebrate is a is an interesting word because the church are using it well not the church the parents or the schools uh were using it in a very different way um the thing is educate together schools and cns schools do mark these festivals in very many ways but more in an inclusive manner they do um mark the present giving they do mark the tinsel they do mark the chocolates but they also mark the fact that of the meaning of these festivals but just not through promoting it they're they're they they um they say yeah gee they that christians believe that jesus was born in a manger uh two and a two thousand years ago or so and these are some of the rituals that they would do but the thing is they um what they do is they realize that there are other people in the room that aren't christian and may not believe these stories so they take in um a sort of a themed view of this sort of stuff and talk about festivals of light christmas is at its center a festival of light much like hanukkah is a jewish festival light or the valley would be um would be a Sikh or a hindu festival of, uh, of light and and um and basically they, they they teach about these sort of things um, for example Around Easter, you're going to find egg hunts in Educate Together schools and CNS schools, but you'll also find harvest festivals. Um, around um, around Christmas, you will find people wearing Santa hats and Christmas jumpers, and you you'll probably find them singing Christmas songs. But you'll also hear hear uh, Hanukkah songs. You'll also see um, um, Rangoli and things like that. Hilariously, Halloween actually isn't even a Catholic festival. But the rumor is we don't do that either, which we, you know, which is bizarre stuff. But we, uh, we, we do. We, we also mark Halloween, but we also mark at that time other um, festivals around the autumn uh, time. And generally, they're always harvest festivals. Um, and uh, we would celebrate, um, or not celebrate particularly, but yes, we'd celebrate aspects of it. We mark them. We don't promote them, though. That's the thing. And if you check out any Paddy's Day parade in any town where you'll find an Educate Together school, you will find it's very likely that they will have joined in the St. Patrick's Day parade. And this is the thing, and many of those, many educated kids was actually shared on social media this week just to prove it. They, we do um, mark St. Patrick's Day. We just don't promote the religious aspect of it. 
one of the more weird ones was that we, we, we don't celebrate grandparents day. It's like this almost we, we almost have this ethnic cleansing of grandparents. Basically grandparents day seems to be the, seems to have become the, the highlight of Catholic schools week for some reason. And it's generally um a mass um which basically excludes all non Catholic parents grandparents. Um I I mean I, 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 I get it's lovely to bring in grandparents um during this week for Catholic Schools Week. But they are excluding non Catholic grandparents. I mean I, I, I mean some grandparents will probably come but like the mass will be an uncomfortable event but grandparents day is actually is actually celebrated we actually celebrate it we don't just mark it we celebrate uh, grandparents day just not during catholic schools week um and it happens in educate together schools and cns schools and if you do a quick google of educate together grandparents day you'll see loads of examples of that one of my favorite ones <laughs> is if they divested there were child there will be child safety issues on tours due to having no uniform. Yes, educate together schools don't have uniforms and CNS schools do. Anyway, I can reveal to you a to a grand total of zero children have been lost on school tours in Ireland due to a lack of uniform. I, I actually can't believe this is generally put down as a reason not to divest. But there you go. Um we're not allowed to say Dia Gwich in um Educate Together in CNS schools, but we you know we can and Dia Smurgwich too. The mad thing, um, I mean, apart from the madness of this, this crazy stuff, is this isn't actually the first time I've heard this. I actually hear this quite a lot. Oh, what do you, how do you say hello in your schools? You know, you know, in Irish or, you know, and I, I often tell the joke that, you know, I, I often joke about it. But I mean, we say Dia Gwich and Dia Smurgwich. It's, I mean, it's like we aren't going to be able to say goodbye in English because it's a contraction of God be with you. But, you know, people will say anything, won't they? They'll have to change the school name. That's another reason not to divest. Uh, the big deal of that is because I, I, why, why would that be such an awful thing that you might change your name from St. Patrick's National School to Malahide Educate Together or Malahide CNS or Kinsili CNS, whatever. I mean, what difference does the name make, really? Anyway, all teachers are going to lose their jobs and they'd all have to reapply for them. That's just nonsense. I, I cleared that up with the ETB as well if they moved to the CNS model because... Um, you know this was a rumor that was going around it's nonsense um you know they just they just carry on as they were they may need a little bit of extra training to 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 stop um indoctrinating children uh, in faith formation um which they clearly need if they're spreading this sort of nonsense around um but apart from that they will be very secure and their terms and conditions will still be the same they are the ones that i can pick up from from the rumors but there's loads more here's um here's some of the general myths about educate together schools we don't teach irish apparently we do same as every other school and speaking of which there's another rumor that all Gwale schools are basically are the same as educate together the multi-denominational just they they aren't they aren't be very very careful their patron body is um multi-denominational but less than 10 percent of Gwale schoolina are actually multi-denominational parents get to choose the ethos and in a weird way a lot of them want to do the communion confirmation thing so they um tend to go with the catholic uh, or interdenominational uh, ethos but uh, roughly uh, 10 percent of Gwale schoolina are actually multi-denominational here I, I I apologize in advance for the for the rest of these because these are just things people say. I may as well put them in because if I don't um if I don't they'll remain out there um and uh, if I uh, but I, these are not my myths. These are things that I have heard. Educate together schools are for foreigners. The, the quote unquote. I mean seriously. Educate Together schools are as diverse as any other schools are diverse. There are some Educate Together schools where there is a high migrant population, but there are others where there is little diversity and everything in between, much in the same way as any school in the country. Um, it depends on the local community. Speaking of which, 
some people I've heard educate together because they're middle class. I don't know. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to repeat myself. Um, educate together schools are for disadvantaged kids. Sorry, we need to make up our mind here. Um, educate together schools are good for children with special education needs. I mean, what? I mean, we, we all get the same resources. We get the Department of Education funds educate together schools in the same way as they fund Catholic schools, Church of Ireland schools, Muslim schools and Jewish schools. And for whatever reason, I've, I, I hear this all the time and, and I, I, I don't I don't get it. Um, it just makes absolutely no sense. There's no discipline in educate together schools. There's no respect because of the first name basis. These are two uh, linked uh, myths I've heard. We may not use the word discipline in many educate together schools. We we would use things like behaviour systems, uh, which, you know, discipline sounds a little bit shady, but um, I'll leave that to the, uh, to the denominational schools. Uh, we use behaviour systems, which would be as stringent, I suppose, as these um, discipline for learning policies that other schools have. We uh, generally will use positive behaviour systems um, to ensure good behaviour. And basically, it's it's this is all nonsense. I mean, educated schools are no worse in terms of behaviour than any other school in the country and the nuts and the thing that because we call the teachers by their first name the children won't respect them respect is earned respect is earned not uh, not demanded and um, again it's just nonsense um, parents walk in and out of classrooms and educate together schools willy nilly I, 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 and sometimes they use willy nilly um, sometimes they don't but the message is the same do you know that doesn't actually happen um, parents while, while with that, it probably comes from our ethos where we have parental involvement as one of our charters but parents are involved in a meaningful way. We don't just allow them into classrooms. I mean, GDPR, child protection, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we, we invite parents in when parents can be involved in a positive and meaningful way. Much like, I would imagine, every other school. Um, so, no, um, that is nonsense. Apparently, we're anti-Catholic or anti-religion. No, we're not. We're apathetic towards pretty much all and none religions we don't care what you are as uh, all we care about is that you're a, a nice good human being and if you do practice a faith that's fantastic for you we just don't get involved it doesn't mean we're against you it just means that we just don't get we don't get involved in your in your in your faith formation and things like that we we teach about all religions and none and um i just don't understand where this you know just because you're you're not a catholic so it doesn't mean you're anti a Catholic school and you know anyway I, I don't know why I'm, I'm justifying these things I'll keep going because there's another few of them Catholic schools are good schools hmm now um, which, which which I mean basically means that other schools are not um, I think we can just need to, I'm just send you to episode 4 about the good school uh, argument all schools all schools are fine you know or good they're fine I mean this idea of the good school it's, it's brought on because of um uh, other countries where Catholic schools are a minority and then people pretend to be Catholic to get into these white middle class schools and uh, they become good schools because the results are good because the right people go to these schools. Catholic schools are the vast majority in Ireland. It's not the same. Catholic schools do are no different to any other school in the form of education they give. All the teachers are um, are the same, uh, have the same um, training and so on and so forth. Anyway, enough of that and um, we keep going uh, you can't make communion and confirmation and educate together schools, CNS schools you 
you can make communion and confirmation, but just in your own time. It happens after school and some educate together schools will um, run classes after school, some won't. Um, and you, but generally their local parish will provide faith formation if you, uh, if you wish to make your communion and confirmation. You know, there's just nonsense again. Uh, another rumour, we're all hippies. Well, some of us are, um, but the majority of us are quite boring and uh, we aren't. We are just teachers and we are just parents and we're just trying to get by in the world. And do you know what? I have to admit, I have not hugged a tree. I have not sat around a campfire. Uh, I do not even wear sandals. Um, no, we're not all hippies. Um, and, um, you know, maybe maybe we should be, it, it, you know, but um, anyway, we're not. Um, teachers in educated schools aren't fully qualified. Wow. That's a good one. Um, we are. Educate Together schools don't have boards of management or all board of management in Educate Together schools are made up of parents, so they're mad. Okay, I know where that started from because originally Educate Together schools when they were school projects uh, were made up uh, predominantly of parent groups. Uh, that's changed for about 30 years. Um, so Educate Together schools do have normal boards of management, uh, much like Catholic schools, and they are as effective or ineffective as other uh, denominational bodies so again just nonsense apparently there's loads of bullying in educate together schools because we don't have a uniform um, as well as losing kids on tour yeah we also have mad bullying because children can wear what they like funnily enough um i have yet to find a bullying case due to what people are wearing because people can't uh people generally just don't they they if something is normal you just wear your own clothes no one no one bullies because it takes too much effort to wear like particular clothes every day and nobody notices. Basically everyone comes in in tracksuits and, and, and like normal kids do on the weekends. They wear, they just wear clothes. And if anyone is being mean to somebody, that's just, that's, they're going to be mean about something anyway. So, I mean, there is basically what I'm saying is there is not loads of bullying due to lack of a uniform. It's just nonsense. It's fear mongering nonsense uh, that comes from, um, comes from, I don't know, this lack of thinking. Um, apparently we have looser teaching methodologies. Uh, we don't. We have the same teaching methodologies, I would hope, as other schools. We do everything that other schools do. Children who go to Educate Together primary schools are not ready for second level because of our loose teaching methodologies and because they're not used to a good Catholic religious education system. Educate Together did a study on this because they actually were worried that this might be the case. And apparently, anyway, the uh, the results came back. This is a study over 10 years ago before there were actually second level Educate Together schools. It actually doesn't really matter. But um, when all children had to leave Educate Together to go to a denominational um, uh, body, um, they found that they had no more um, problems than any child making that transition it generally takes between three to four weeks for a child to get used to being in a secondary school. And uh, with the test groups, they found that there was no difference. So no, that's not true. And the final one, which I, I'm only going to use because my mother-in-law said is that we're not paid, um, which I just found hilarious. Um, anyway, so that's 23 myths about Educate Together. You probably can think of one or two more. I couldn't. Maybe leave them in the comments if you can. So basically, what is actually different? What is different about working or teaching in a, in a not denominational school? Okay. I often hear teachers say to me that that their denominational school doesn't discriminate and it's actually the same as an educate together school that is like they teach other faith systems and to be honest they, they just usually teach the chinese new year or they might say oh it's eid guys um but then but if they if they if they feel they're the same as educate together schools, i the, i just have to ask them well why won't you divest then what is it what 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 is it um well 
this is this is what makes us different, I suppose, in, in, in the not denominational sector. So not non-denominational, not so multi-denominational, non-denominational, what are secular, uh, equality based. We the, the thing is the only difference really between us and the religious bodies is that we just don't promote one faith over another. That's it. That's the only difference. There is nothing else different between um these types of schools and religious schools. We just don't promote one faith system. Everything else is the same. What would happen if all schools are like this? That's what I'm trying to consider in this. You know, I'm just wondering if we just remove the religious aspect, okay? So we 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 took out faith formation, promoting one faith in a school, what would actually happen? And the answer is very little. Very, very little. In reality, the only thing that anyone really notice is that faith preparation would happen after school. And that's really it. Everything else would actually be invisible. I mean, like, honestly, I, I actually wish we were more different in other ways. I mean, it would be a good promotion tool <laughs> in some ways. But we're not. That's all. If we actually remove patronage from schools, almost nothing would change. There's an argument that because churches own the land and buildings, it can never happen. But that's actually not true. They actually, the church may control the buildings and the land, but they don't control what happens inside the buildings. So the government could kind of say tomorrow, okay, from tomorrow, no faith formation. The day within school day is a secular day. No faith formation can happen in that building during the school day. And that would be it. There's actually no reason that can't happen. And um, it wouldn't make a huge amount of difference. I mean, ultimately, not being able to outsource the sacraments to school is about the only tangible thing that would really change. Um, parents that right now effectively outsource teaching religion to their own kids to schools. And I don't believe that most people really believe um, believe that that's I don't think that most people really believe that this would be um, that, that 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 there's any more than that. I mean, I I kind of think if you took the sacraments, if you just did nothing else but took the sacraments out of uh, schools, that people would notice the difference between the schools. You know, I, I I actually don't believe that people really believe any of those twenty three myths above. To be honest, I don't even know why I explained them all because I just wanted to highlight them, I guess. But actually, I actually think it's the sacraments in schools that's keeping the show on the road. We'd have, we could test it out by simply removing them and see what the outrage was. We have examples. Um, last year, the, in my own town, um, a priest um, decided, now he didn't remove sacraments from the schools. What he did do was he said to his parish, there was a number of schools in the parish, that rather than having a school-based day, there were five weeks in the, in the month where he suggested that, uh, that children could just come to the church on any of those five weeks and make their communion. And... There wasn't just war in the local papers. This made national headlines. That and effectively, that was that wasn't even removing faith formation from schools. That was making a tiny change where a child, uh, where where parents were outraged that their children wouldn't make their communion with their classmates. What is this glue that seems to it seems to bypass all the awful stuff that they that that, that I've listed above? What is this thing that keeps them there? The magnetism of that event that lets people separate the other stuff. 
I don't really know. We really should test it, though, by simply removing them in the school. Anyway, away from Catholicism, because I'm aware that I'm, I'm focused on Catholicism, Church of Ireland schools also argue that their faith will be wiped out in a generation if we scrap the patronage system. I've, uh, this is an argument I've heard a, a couple of times. And ultimately, I mean, we're not a dating agency. Schools aren't dating agencies. I mean, sorry, like, that's what your church is for. And the church needs to work harder. They can't outsource all this stuff to schools. It's not fair on the children that want to go to their local national school. And you can't have religious bodies running them. You need, I mean, the best building to give a religious education is a church or a synagogue or a mosque or whatever. Pluralism is a brilliant thing for society, but it's terrible for schools. We can't actually build a school for every faith in the country, and nor should we want to. Why would we want to separate children into schools of their own religion, instead of creating schools where everyone, no matter what they believed, would learn together in a completely inclusive and equal basis? Ultimately, what we need to do is we need to remove the various patron bodies and just have one provider of education. We need to make a decision on what that actually looks like. So we need to think, what does it look like? But I would suggest that it'll have two things. One, they're in a, they basically follow human rights. You know, they, 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 they need to support international human rights law. I mean, that, that right now that's not happening, okay? So that's what they need to do. And also the government need to fund them directly. And that is certainly not happening in the vast, vast majority of schools. The government don't fund schools uh, uh, fund education. They fund. They give money to the schools so they can provide the education. The government should actually be provide. Should be keeping these schools on the road, um, without. Uh, and uh, anyway, that's. They're the two things right now. The system somewhat exists if we combined Educate Together and the CNS model. The CNS model are one step away from being fully compliant with human rights laws. So they they the one little tiny aspect of their uh, ethos is that they they basically insist that um, children respect each other's religion um other people's religions I, I i mean i'm not pushed on this as a big thing but it is it for some people respecting someone's uh belief system is a little bit too far um i think tolerate uh, accept um is fine but respect may may may, may be pushed too far it depends what they mean by respect i think but educate together are also one step away from being f- uh, from this model because they aren't funded directly by the government in the same way as the cns model it's uh, pretty much how every other school in the country is basically the government give grants to the schools to fund ra- but what we need really is the government to actually pay directly for everything that happens in the schools the events in Malahide have demonstrated that we're a long way from understanding what true inclusion means. Despite the paradoxical relationship most Irish people have with the Catholic Church, they would actually rather spread lies and confusion in order to stop the system from continuing. However, the thing is, this could have happened anywhere in the country. And before all these other parts of the country join in the slagging, I wonder would they have done exactly the same thing if it was their town that was being asked to divest one of their schools. All it's going to take is one minister to be brave enough to do it. And everyone is going to wonder what all the fuss was about in the first place. On next week's show, what what did Fridays in school mean to you? Many of you might say spelling tests and table tests. And if you haven't got kids, you might think that these archaic items on the timetable would be history by now. But they are not. Next week, I'll be proposing that we ban the Friday tests and give some alternatives to try out. I hope you enjoyed listening to the podcast. Remember, please subscribe, please comment, and I will be back next week uh, tackling the Friday test. See you then. Thanks for listening.